Welcome back to Psalms Part 1, the first 25 Psalms over these next five weeks. This is week one, day four, so we're in Psalm 4. And as we turn to this Psalm, it's a Psalm again of David. Many, many teachers believe that he's still dealing with Absalom's revolt in this Psalm. He's certainly dealing with distress. And we've just read about the distress of his own son betraying him. But in this Psalm, it's more the internal battle that we're looking at. In the previous one, it was more the external. Here, it's more the internal. And I'd like to begin by looking at the last verse in Psalm 4. Psalm 4, 8, David writes and says, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I know for some of you listening to this right now, that sounds so good. Just to lie down and sleep in peace. Yesterday, we talked about the need to get rest when you're overwhelmed. Well, what what do you do when your anxious thoughts won't let you sleep? You you can't seem to rest. What brought David to this place in verse 8? Well, we're going to look at that in this psalm. How do you lie down and how do you sleep in peace? Look at the things that David did as things that you and I can do. When you can't sleep, you're tossing, you're turning on your bed. So I'd like to take that word turn and turn it in a different direction. How do you turn in a different way so that you can get the rest that you need? Well, number one, first turn you need to make is you need to turn to God for relief. You need relief. Turn to God for relief. Verses one and two, answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? So you start by asking for relief from your distress. Now, to ask for relief from your distress, you have to admit two things. First, you have to admit that you're in distress. God, I'm in distress. This is a big problem. And many times it's hard for us to do that. Maybe that's what you need to do right now. Just in your heart say, God, I have been in distress. And maybe I don't think it's important enough to be in distress, or maybe I've always seen myself as the person who's never in distress, but I am in distress right now. I am in distress. And so I know I need to turn to you. And then you, so that means you have to admit the second thing, that you need God's answer instead of your answer for that distress. Now, if you're a normal human being, you've tried what I've tried, what everyone else has tried. First thing we try is our answer for our distress, because that's the immediately obvious answer. And we want to get out of it as quickly as possible. And then our answer doesn't work. David has a word here to those who seek false gods. And if you think that this is to someone else about something else than this point of seeking the wrong answer for your distress, you've totally missed the point. The point is, I'm either going to look to God for relief when I'm in distress, or I'm going to look to a false god for relief. Because I need relief. So I'm going to look somewhere to find it. So David writes and he says, how long will you love delusions? That's called living in denial. Loving delusions is living in denial, thinking that I can somehow accomplish something on my own that only God can accomplish. Here's how we can miss God's relief. We, We ask for relief from a distress and God comes and he encourages us to see our problems in the light of eternity. That's often how God encouraged Paul when he was going through a time of distress. He comes and he says, see that problem in the light of eternity. But that's not the answer we expected. And so, because what I wanted was more instant happiness, what I really wanted was for the problem just to go away, 
I, I, I reject that answer because I didn't get the answer from God that I expected. I turned somewhere else. Maybe a friend's advice. Maybe some old habit or routine. Maybe try, trying to buy my way into feeling better. Those are called false gods. Some of them may not even be bad in and of themselves. It's just that I'm trusting them instead of God. That's what makes them bad. I'm trusting myself instead of God. I'm fooling myself when I think my answer can give me the relief that I truly need. So even when the answer that God is giving you is not the one that you expected, embrace it. Know that that's the answer that's gonna give your soul the relief that you're seeking. You turn to God for relief and then you accept the relief that he's given you. There's a second way you need to turn in this psalm in order to get a good night's sleep. And that is turn your thoughts towards God's love. Verse three, know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. When you can't sleep, you're going to sleep, Satan would love to tempt you in those moments to feel like God doesn't love you, to feel like God doesn't hear, doesn't even hear you. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself, that God will hear when you call to him. Now, it helps many people in a practical way to memorize verses on the certainty of God's love that they can go over as they fall asleep. So you memorize Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You memorize Romans 8. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And you go over those again and again and again. You allow that to turn your thoughts toward God's love. It's the third way to turn in this psalm if you want to get a good night's sleep, and that is you turn from anger before you sleep. In verse 4, in your anger, do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. This verse tells us, don't go to sleep angry. First, you won't sleep well, and your anger will harden into bitterness as you toss and turn through the night. Don't go to sleep angry. Now, we often apply this phrase, don't go to sleep angry, or in your anger, do not sin, to our relationships with each other, because the book of Ephesians applies it that way. This verse is quoted in the book of Ephesians, you might remember. But here, it's especially applied to our relationship with God. You need to solve your anger issues with other people, but you also need to solve your anger issues with God. So notice he says here, when you are on your bed, he's talking about anger when you're trying to go to sleep. He, needs, you need, he says you need to deal with it before you go to sleep. How do you deal with it? Well, David says, I search my heart and I'm, I'm silent. Instead of thinking outwardly at God, who you're angry at or the person that you're angry at, you say, God, would you search my heart? Show me, as Psalm 139 says that we're gonna get to, show me if there's any hurtful way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. In that moment of silence, you're admitting your own faults. You're admitting that the anger might be coming out of you and not just out of what God has done or the circumstances have done. Anger is an opportunity for self-evaluation. Anger is an opportunity to allow God to search your heart. Don't go to sleep angry. Next thing you need to do, two more. Number four, you turn your rest into trust. Verse five says, offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. You turn your rest into trust. Because when I trust, then I can truly rest. If I'm in a place of real trust, I trust my circumstances, uh, I can rest. It, physically, it's true. If you're sleeping on a bed and you feel like the bed's about ready to fall down, or you're sleeping in a house and you feel like the wind's blowing, the house is about ready to fall down, you're not gonna rest very well. 
But if you feel like everything's solid, you can rest physically. Same thing is true spiritually, emotionally. When I trust, trust, then I can rest. Now, that's easy to say. It's very difficult to do. And one of the ways to do that is to intentionally begin to think of your time of sleep, your time of rest, as a time of trust. As you're resting physically, you are resting in God spiritually. Why do you think God made us so that we need to sleep? It's a daily invitation to remember that you can't do it all. You have to sleep. That you've got to put into God's hands your life. You're trusting him as you're asleep. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who might be breaking into your house. Sorry to create another worry. I won't say anything else about that. You've got to recognize that you're in God's hands even as you sleep. The idea that I'm only in God's hands as, I, as I'm aware, as I'm the one who can make sure I'm in God's hands, totally misses the point. I trust God. Now, some of you are thinking right now, I, I trust God. It's those people who hurt me that I don't trust. Well, you can trust God to work in the lives of even those people. You turn your time of sleep into a time of trust. Jesus said in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. That's not a bad verse to memorize and just take through your mind again and again as you're going to sleep. Now, to trust the Lord, you might need to do the last thing that David did. The last thing he did is he turned his doubts into prayers. Verses six and seven. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Well, let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when the, their grain and new wine abound. God already knows your heart. He already knows your doubts. And here there was the doubt, who's gonna show us any good? How could any good happen in my life? If you're feeling that, tell God. He already knows it's in your heart. You tell God your doubts. You talk to God about your doubts. You turn them into prayers. Satan hates it when you do that. When you turn your doubts into prayers, you're trusting that God is greater than your doubts. And of course he is. Satan would love for you to believe that that little seed of doubt that you have in your mind is somehow greater than God, the God of the universe, the God who made you, the God who saved you. But when you voice it to God, it's easy to recognize who's greater. God is greater. So you turn your doubts into prayers. Whatever those doubts, he's willing to hear any of them, all of them, because of his greatness. So, you're having a hard time getting to sleep? Do these five things that David did. Turn to God for relief. Turn your thoughts toward God's love. Turn from anger before you sleep. Turn your rest into trust and turn your doubts into prayers. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sleep. You made it and we thank you for it. It gives us physical rest, but it also does something for our souls. It's a picture to us. It's a truth that we rest in you, that we trust in you, that you're the one who sustains us. And so God, I pray for each of us. Give us the sleep that we need. For those especially that are struggling with sleep for physical reasons, give them wisdom to find the right doctors, to find the help that they need. And if the struggle is for spiritual and emotional reasons, I pray that these words of David would be a comfort to us. They'd be a strength to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can rest in you. In your name we pray, amen.